0: you will do greater works than these. That's the promise that Jesus brings to his disciples as they were gathered in that upper room shortly before he would head to crucifixion. He told them they would do greater works than all of the things that they have seen Jesus doing because they would be given this power, this advocate, the Holy Spirit, which they really probably didn't exactly know how to put all that together when they first heard this, but they knew that somehow something, something big was gonna be called out from them. They were gonna be sent out to do works. Now, this might be a little bit different than what we would expect to see from Jesus because so often he really wanted to talk to them about faith. Simply have faith, believe in me, and, and all of the ways that that faith does something for you. But when he talked about the coming of the Spirit, he said in that, in that time, We're going to be sent out to actually do something so the world can see what it is that Jesus was attempting to accomplish and now needs all of us to be a part of the fulfillment of what Jesus was bringing to the world. And so I have to believe that as the disciples were in that uh, that upper room as they were still gathered after Jesus' ascension and the coming of the Spirit that all of a sudden, these words of Jesus, that they would have things to do, really took hold of them. And so they leave the place where they are, they kind of out in the marketplace, and all of the throng is gathered around them. And we hear, the way Leslie, as she read that part of Acts 4, us, details what we're hearing there, the rush of a violent wind came upon them. And I think, ever since then, For far too long, the church has become the the people of a gentle breeze. We have been the people who really like to go outside on that hot day and say, oh, just let a cooling, calm breeze come over me. That's what the world really needs, is just a sense of a, a lightness, a gentleness to what can happen to all of us. And I would have to say, church, The world is done with gentle breezes. The the world needs the church who can harness the power of a violent wind, and not in violence, of course, but who can understand the power that came over people that didn't allow them to simply hold that in, but it was a power that sent them out to experience what they're experiencing. And so when we're out in that marketplace, of course, people are gathering and, and we hear interestingly enough that Peter gets up and addresses the crowd but before that happened all of Jesus disciples were talking talking in uh, in their own tongue but people hearing them in their own language and we wonder why is that even necessary when virtually everybody could have spoken Greek and they could have all understood each other if they'd have just done that but you know what it's like for those of you who know another language and have traveled in another country, there still is something about hearing something in your, in your own language, about, about how it becomes a part of you and, and infuses who you are. That's what was happening on that day of Pentecost. These words that the apostles were sharing were to the people in such a deeply personal way. Interestingly enough, Luke who wrote the book of Acts for us does never tell us what the disciples were saying. Never tells to us what it is that the apostles were out, what kind of good news they were sharing with all those who are gathered. We get a hint of it from Peter as he talks to the people about what was happening and he conjures up that vision of Joel, uh, that prophecy that came through. And you wonder if it was in that time that people were starting to catch a little bit of what it meant to understand the power of the Spirit as Peter talks about young men seeing vision of old men dreaming dreams of people looking forward to the way that the power of the Spirit would be upon them, slave and free, men and women, everybody was included in what would be the biggest movement that the church could possibly see. And now here we are as the church on the day of Pentecost. And I believe sometimes the church loves the day of Pentecost, because we do. I don't get to wear my red stole all that often, so Pentecost is a great day for it. To invite people here to wear red around the sanctuary, that's a great day for it. To talk about fire and the Holy Spirit, oh, it's so wonderful. And then we get on with our lives without realizing that this should be our life now that we should figure out what it is that the world needs from the church now rather than feeling like we are so good at reacting to the needs of the world. And I have to tell you, there are some things about the church that the church does so well in reacting to the needs of the world. When people are hungry the church does a tremendous job of feeding them. When people need clothing or shelter, the church does wonderful things. When people are sick or lonely, the church does incredible things in building hospitals and visiting them. And the church reacts so well to the needs of the world. But that was not the day of Pentecost. The day of Pentecost was not a day for the church to react to the world. The day of Pentecost was a day when the church went out and was proactive in getting out into the world, was proactive in taking Jesus' message out into the world, was proactive about talking about the way we can dream of the future that God has set before us and no longer feel like we have to react to the cares of the world, but we should go out and change the world before it needs changing. I think sometimes about Jesus, when he walked out on the water and the waves were crashing and he calmed those unholy waves that he was able to bring calm to a situation. I think the reason Jesus had the power to do that It's because before that, Jesus was always ahead of the storm. Jesus had been spending so much time getting ahead of the storm, dispelling not unholy waves, but creating holy waves in the way people needed it for their lives. And we can take care of the unholy waves too. We can take care of of hunger and, and loneliness and shelter. But maybe... When we truly harness the power of the Spirit, we actually go out and welcome the stranger. We actually go out and meet people where they are. And we realize that we don't have to wait for people to identify how they're different. We could get ahead of that and simply celebrate the diversity that we already have in our midst. Because that's what the church should be doing. Finding a way to be proactive for the world that the work of the Spirit creates change before it even needs creating. Creates welcoming and love and allows people to see, to see that they can also see visions and dream dreams in beautiful ways for what the church might possibly become. And so that's the power of Pentecost. As Jesus was meeting with his disciples, letting them know that they would eventually be sent, letting them know that they would eventually have this power that was within them, that that was a power that was never meant to be contained. It was never a power simply for me to have more faith, Instead, it was a power for me to share my love with the world. And so we are called out into this world. We're done with being gentle breezes. We are done with wanting to just bring calm into people's lives. I don't don't want to calm unholy waves anymore. In fact, I want to create holy waves. I want to create the things that people desire the most. I want to create an opportunity for God's love to reach into people's lives before they even know they need it. And when that happens, then Pentecost will have moved past a day. In fact, Pentecost will become a movement where we realize that God's power in the world can make a change before we even know we need it. That's the kind of church that I want to be a part of. That, to me, is a church that's truly on fire. That's the kind of church that the world is begging for. It's a day of Pentecost. Don't let it end today. Amen.